Investing Secrets with Kevin Attride. These increases are astronomical when it comes to the amount of money in circulation. And so we see it impacting our money in a significant way. The inflation rate could be as high as 16 or 17%. I'm Kevin Attride and I'm on a mission to help you with investing secrets, empowering you to succeed financially, changing your financial perspective and growing your wealth in good times and in bad. And when the next crisis comes, those prepared to weather the storm will achieve great success while the world melts with fear. Today's episode has been made possible by our presenting sponsors, Living Wealth, Bank on Yourself with Private Family Financing, Wellings Capital, Build Wealth through Diversified Recession-Resistant Commercial Real Estate, and Smead CPA, the next frontier CPA firm for strategic investors. Today we're going to talk about inflation, and I know that you're feeling it every time you buy something, whether you go to the grocery store and that loaf of bread is significantly more expensive, or you fill up your your car with fuel and it's more expensive, or maybe you have an electric car and you look at your your energy bills and they're higher. Inflation is all around us, but I wanna ask you a question, how is it impacting your investments? Or maybe even put more simply, what are you doing about your investments and inflation? Well, today I wanna show you some data. I think it might be helpful for you to really visualize what's happening to our money. So first and foremost, we know there's been significant change over the last two to three years with our money supply. And maybe if you've been hiding under a rock, you haven't been paying attention that the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government has been printing, digitally printing money. Well, I want to actually show you this chart. So this is the St. Louis Federal Reserve, and they actually show you the data of which uh, we can see the money supply. M3 simply is money that is considered currency or highly liquid accounts and deposits in banks. Um, but it's also marketable securities, less liquid deposits. And ultimately, M3 is known as broad money. It takes into consideration all of that, as well as things like mutual funds and commercial paper. So it's really the money supply, or things that are fairly liquid. So when we look at uh, money supply, the Federal Reserve is telling us that this money supply is increased. You can see how if we start looking at 1965, January of 1965, you can see that it was over $400 billion. It has just a nice steady increase although significant rises since to the year 2000. But it's really interesting. You get here to January of 2020, the M3 money supply was $15,401,800,000,000 US dollars. That's, that's so large, I, I can barely comprehend uh, that amount. But that's what it was January of 2020. Fast forward two years to January of 2022. So in two year time, that amount increased to 21 trillion, 
649 billion 600 million US dollars. And and I like to um just put it in perspective. Uh it's a 40.6% change. You just think about when we talk about inflation and you hear experts saying, well, ultimately ultimately inflation we're trying to keep it at around 2%. But our money supply, our money supply has increased just in the last two years by 40%. It's absolutely incredible. So I want to think about when you're increasing the money supply by 40%, what does that actually do to what money you have, what it buys? Or, you know, said simply, that's that's inflation. So I want you to understand these increases are astronomical when it comes to the amount of money in circulation. And so we see it impacting our money in a significant way. And so I want us to go to another website. This is called Shadow Stats. It's the government statistics as measured by different methodologies. So when we look at the official CPI, the consumer price index, in this this red line we can see that it can be around 2% but sometimes it can even jump higher to 4 or even more uh and there are occasions when we can see that it actually dips below 0 but we're seeing in the third quarter of 2022 that it rose between 8 and 8 and a half percent when we're seeing the money supply increase nearly 26% from January 2020 to January 2021 and then nearly 12% January 21 to January of 22 why would we not expect inflation this measurement of how much uh, how much our money can buy the goods and services that our money can buy over time that's inflation why would we not be surprised this would this would rise but the thing i find very interesting in shadow stats helps us to understand that the official cpi has been manipulated over time there are certain things that the official cpi doesn't even measure now um that would blow your mind and i'm not going to get too deep into those weeds but i do want to keep looking at the data you see when cpi today is measured against what it was previously based on the previous methodology from 1990 we actually see a significant difference we see that the inflation is around 12% and interesting enough there was a 1980s uh methodology as well when you look at uh the methodology that was based on that 1980 um analysis the inflation rate could be as high as 16 or 17%. So that comes in a little bit closer line with what we're seeing the increases in the money supply. You just you have to think about it. When you look in past history, when you look at governments that have just printed their money, Zimbabwe comes to to mind. When they printed and printed and printed, services became more expensive. Goods became more expensive. When we see the M3 money supply increasing, naturally we're seeing how inflation increases. And 
we know that the government is telling us at a very minimum, the inflation is around eight to eight and a half percent. When you look at the 1990 base methodology, it's around 12%. When you're looking at the 1980 base measurement, it could be as high as 16 or even 17%. So I want you to understand this is impacting your investment. So, so let's dive a little bit deeper into that. If inflation is this high, how do you calculate your return? Well, I want you to think about this formula here. This formula tells us uh, what your inflation adjusted rate of return is. So like some formulas, it may look a little overwhelming when you first see it, um, but it's actually fairly simple. So the inflation adjusted rate of return is equivalent to one plus the rate of return divided by one plus the inflation rate minus one. And then when you want to turn that into a percent, you multiply by 100. So let's use a very simple example. Let's say that your rate of return is 10%. You previously had $100, and a year later, at a 10% return, you have $110. If that makes sense, go ahead and say yes. Let's also say that the economists are right and the inflation is pegged to 2% and it's actually there. So you had uh, goods that cost $100 and then a year later that, that good or service cost $102. If that makes sense, say yes. Okay, now we're going to take that 10% rate of return, add one to it, so 1.1, and divide that by one plus the inflation rate. So 1.02. Now let's subtract one, and then let's multiply by 100 to get the percent. Okay, so we can see it's 7.84%. So you can see by the math, you can't just subtract 10 minus two. Okay, if that makes sense, say yes. Okay, now I want to take a look at, at, um, at a better example using, uh, using the data that we saw. So we saw via shadow stats that the current inflation rate could be as high as 16 or even 17%, about double what we're seeing the official measurement. If you're gonna play more conservative and you say, well, let's use the 1990s methodology, let's assume that it's closer to 12% for a conservative calculation. Let's also just estimate that you're having a decent run in the stock market because that's primarily where you're placing most of your dollars. Let's look at the S&P 500. Let's just say, for example, that it's 15%. So let's run this through the the calculation again. So 15%, one plus 0.15 divided by uh, 12%, uh, so 1.12 minus one and multiply by 100. So we see that your inflation adjusted rate of return 
at a 15% return on the S&P 500, which is, I would say, arguably a really good return, after inflation that we're seeing right now, you're only getting 2.68% on your inflation-adjusted rate of return. And that's even before taxes. And we'll have to talk about taxes later. But it's really interesting that when you look at that return, you're not getting anything near what you actually are expecting. Okay, so let's look at some, some examples of what we're actually seeing in the market. In 2021, we saw that the S&P 500, on average, there's a whole measurement around what the average is, but the average, at least according to a few sources, is 28.7%. And you may not have actually gotten that for a variety of reasons that we can get into later, but 28.7% was the return in 2021. Let's just assume that we could get to something like that today in a time of which we're experiencing a conservative inflation rate at 12%. So let's put it through our formula. A 28.7% return on the S&P 500, and then we're going to see 12% inflation. So what is your actual return? It's actually pretty healthy. It's 14.9%. That's a, a respectable return. Now, you have, to take out, you have to take out a number of fees, taxes, and so forth. So it's not even going to be close to 15% when it's all said and done. However, it, it's, a, it's a respectable, healthy return. Okay, now let's look at how the S&P 500 is doing when you're looking at the end of Q3. So right now, 2022, year to date, in Q3, we're looking at negative 23.9%. Yes, negative 23.9%. That's the volatility and the drops that we're seeing in, in the market. So when you apply your 12% inflation rate, you're getting a negative 32% inflation-adjusted rate of return. That's incredible. So I want you to contemplate what you're doing when inflation is this high, because it really matters. Okay, with this in mind, I wanna give you three concepts to ponder. First, what is your saving? You need money in your savings account. You need money to live on. So when you think about the big banks that commonly come to mind, they're giving you basically zero interest. So when you're getting 0% on your savings, when you put zero into our formula, you're actually getting a negative 10.7% return on your money. You're actually losing money close to 11%. Okay, so let's let's say that you're you're really smart and you're looking at banks that give you more. Now, mind you, these banks are often changing. Um, my bank that I chased a number of years ago for the highest interest rate now is no is far from being the highest interest rate, but you're able to get anywhere between two and three percent. Let's say for argument's sake, you're getting three percent on your money. That you're constantly changing banks to make sure that you're getting the highest interest rate you can possibly get on your money at three percent. So when we put this through our formula, three percent return on twelve percent uh, inflation 
we're getting negative 8%. Yes, negative 8% on your money. So when it comes to the first category, savings, I want you thinking about how are you going to ensure that you lose the least amount of money as possible? So you want to have as little cash and you also want to contemplate how can you maximize your money? So I already told you the best banks, you're losing approximately 8% and that could even be close to 11% if you're getting 0% interest. So I want you to consider private banking. Private banking is a methodology that can allow you to get double or even triple the savings rate that you're getting on the best banks, and it's even tax exempt. The second strategy I want you to consider is an asset that holds its value. It's continued to do so. In fact, we have 4,000 years of history to say this asset maintains its value over time. In fact, one ounce of this will purchase a year's supply of food. Yes, a year's supply of food, whether that be 4,000 years ago or today or next year. And I'm talking about physical gold. Physical gold has proven itself. And while you're hearing about a number of different asset types that will be inflation, this is something that can preserve your money something that people all understand has value. But there are some things that you need to take into consideration, such as the timing, what type you're buying, and what amount. The third strategy for you to consider are your growth investments. And you have to ensure you're thinking about your inflation-adjusted return. We already covered 12 to possibly 17% inflation are you able to beat that? And then you also need to consider your largest expense in life, taxes. And you understand taxes do not take into consideration the inflation rate. So if you're able to hit a 12% return, inflation significantly erodes that away. And yet taxes then come on after the fact. So you need to consider inflation and taxes. In addition, I want you to consider growth investments that you don't just park money and hope and pray they end up beating inflation over time, and yet you just sock money away and have nothing to live on. I want you to consider investments. I want you to consider tangible investments that give you passive monthly income. Yes, money every single month that is passive. And one of the best strategies to use is real estate. Real estate is a wonderful investment that beats inflation, that is tax efficient, and provides passive monthly income. So the three strategies I want you to consider, private banking to maximize your savings, especially in these times of great inflation. Two, physical gold that preserves value despite inflation, and three, use real estate to grow your investments faster than inflation and beat taxes and provide passive monthly income. Those are the strategies that I want you to consider, and the tactics are highly dependent on your own individual and unique circumstance. 
So I'm sure that you have a lot of questions around how do you implement these, and I have a resource that can help. I've created a free guide to help you to be more effective in your investing journey. It's called the Top Investing Hacks the Exclusive Rich Are Not Telling Us. And I want you to take action right now by clicking the link in the description below. I want you to have this exclusive access so that you can understand the strategies and the tactics the rich use to maximize and grow their wealth. All right, it's time for you to experience financial freedom. The information contained in this episode are opinions not to be used as individual guidance. As always, consult your own financial team for your investment decisions.